And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Black and Blue Pod. I'm your host, Matt McLaughlin, joined alongside Timmy Gorman. And as of this moment, we are sweating bullets. It, as we're taping this, top of the eighth, Phillies are up three to nothing. If they win, they clinch. Red October is here. Uh, and JT Romito is up the bat. So when I pause, it's like I'm like waiting for like maybe another dinger that extends the lead. No, he just grounded out. Sorry. Oh, damn it. I'm on a delay. Okay. Um, so we're here to talk about the Eagles defeating the Jaguars in one of their earlier tests of the season. Uh, also going to be talking about Tua, the whole concussion debacle, which is just unfortunately very sad. Uh, and also we are going to be talking about some of the eh, hit or miss alternate uniforms that came out this week for the NFL. And we're going to wrap it up with uh, some Philly stuff at the end. So we're just going to jump right into it here with the Eagles defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars 29 to 21. And it was kind of a scare. Eagles fall into a 14 0 deficit uh, early in the game. Jalen hurts throws a pick six, but the conditions looked like swamp. It looked like something out of like a Florida, like just a Florida, like, run down tourist trap like it was just i don't know if that's a good analogy but it was just not ideal conditions for passing and what does nick sirianni do he feeds miles sanders 20 plus carries 134 yards on the ground two tutties on the day so considering the jaguars were on a hot streak timmy i was kind of this thought is creeping into my head can the eagles go undefeated this season no I mean, it's a great thought, and uh, I, I didn't text this to you earlier because I wanted to save it for the pod, but I said to a couple of my friends, especially the ones that are non-Eagles fans, I was like, I honestly hope we get to, like, a certain, like, spot. Like, of course, like, Simmons talked about it on his podcast today, and it's definitely a jinx. Like, he yep. – because he, he's just an asshole and hates everything Philly. So, like, it's definitely yeah. a jinx on his end. But um, I would love it for them to get to, like, 9, 10 an hour or something like that. Mm-hmm. And have the depth seventy-two dolphins just their their buttholes start clenching like they always do, and that they they show up to they show up to they show up fucking Stafford. Sorry, you no, can cut okay. that out. I'm gonna fucking kill him. <laughs> I literally just lost a fantasy matchup down two. I had Stafford. They had the Rams kicker. I'm gonna lose because Matthew Stafford couldn't now point a kicker by three points. I've given up on fantasy, but anyway, back to the Eagles. Anyway, so um, they I just would love for the the seventy-two. Dolphins have to show up to like the the link, and we win again. And everyone there just absolutely boo the shit out of them, and like just give them like a warm Philly welcome. Like it would just be so perfect. Um, outside of that, no, uh, it's it's too tough. There's the extra week now. You know, um, yes, we don't have the hardest schedule because we didn't win the division last year, and you know some of the teams that we were getting stuck with, like we got we got you know generously gifted the AFC or the NFC North, which right now has, you know, two, three of the four teams are kind of in limbo. And then yeah. the Packers can't score. Unfortunately, I think by the time we get them at the end of the season, they'll, they'll have figured out their offensive woes. Um, the schedule set up easily for us. That said, I don't think we can go undefeated. I don't want us to have to bear that weight. Um, it just would suck if we did. By the way, live breaking news, the fucking Brewers just tied the game. Uh, um, of course they did. Thanks, Diamondbacks. Thanks, Arizona. <laughs> um, time to handle our own business. Let's go, bullpen. Uh, I don't want that weight because there's just too much on the team. And, you know, I just – like, if if Jalen Hurts was more established as a QB and, like, Sirianni was Bill Belichick or something like that, like, uh, it would Maybe. be different, right? Yeah. But that would be too much to put on this team. I don't, you don't, I don't need undefeated seasons. I don't need any of that shit. Let <laughs> the 72 Dolphins continue to celebrate, win, you know, winning 14 games in the regular season back when their the talent level in the league wasn't as big as it is now. And whatever, let them have that. I care about Super Bowl ranks. And yeah. if I had to sacrifice a regular, an undefeated regular season for another Super Bowl ring, I'll take it any day of the week. I'll go fucking nine and eight. If, as long as we get in there and run as a wild card to piss even more people off, I don't care. As Super Bowl rings are what matters, and I just want another banner and another parade down Broad Street. That's all I give a shit about. No, yeah, I'm totally on that that train with you. It would be kind of cool to see an undefeated Philadelphia Eagles season because I think that would be the most hated team to ever go undefeated. Because I, it, 
as much as people want to get on Philly fans for being like, oh, we no one likes us, we don't care. Like that's genuinely how we feel. And mm-hmm. as and I've been I've I've had multiple conversations with my roommate about this, who is a Cowboys fan, and he, <laughs> he routinely calls the Philly fans scumbags and all this stuff. And we're like, yes, exactly. We don't want you in our home stadium. Get the hell out. We don't want you here. And that's the, the type of fans that we are. Is we're just chippy and we just talk trash and. Would it be great? Absolutely. But like you said, I did not even consider the fact of the amount of pressure that that would put on a young team. That is a very good point. I did not even consider if like Jalen Hurts coming into week, whatever, 16 Monday night football or Sunday night football, however their schedule will shape up by then um, against Dallas or whoever. Uh, and they they have, can they go 14, 15, 16, 17 and 0, whatever it may be. That's a lot for a young team to handle. And I I agree. Just I like their approach. It seems like they've been keeping it loose, keeping it fluid, not overthinking, feeding Miles Sanders when it's downpouring. Against Washington, they air it out to Devontae Smith and AJ Brown for the most part. And the defense stepping up against Minnesota uh and somehow in week one figuring out a way to score 38 points this team has figured out a way to win multiple ways i think ruben frank um had this take in the postgame show they win multiple ways they're playing great complimentary football and this is one of the most dangerous teams in the nfl officially it's right up there with any afc team especially in the bills the chiefs the chargers well not even the chargers the chargers have turned into an absolute dumpster fire um in uh Los Angeles, but the the Bills, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Eagles belong in that conversation, and I think that they can definitely contend for a Super Bowl now that we've seen four uh, weeks and really seen how Sirianni has developed as a play caller, how Hertz has developed as a passer, and Sanders looks like a man possessed. So as of right now, I'm loving everything from this team, especially coming off, especially facing a team where it's like emotional with Doug Peterson coming home. And Trevor Lawrence really rising, and the Jacksonville Jaguars seem like they're rising, which is great. And you were on the money with this, Timmy. I'll, I'll give you all the credit in the world for that. Uh, it, it's an impressive win, and I really think it speaks to the character of this team and how they're ready to make a run right now. They're not putting this off for another couple of years. You know what I mean? No, it's and like you said, they've they've we they've showed it's very complimentary. It's it's they've they've won with defense. They won with offense. Um, you know, week one was a shootout that they won in on the, didn't look like it was going to be a shootout. And then, you know, they, they could have easily just collapsed him and like, shit, we, you know, we, we messed up here and let the Lions just absolutely take that game from them. And they didn't, yep. uh, weeks two and three was week, week two was obviously the whole, oh, the Vikings are going to come in here and we're going to, how are the Eagles going to stop them? Blah, blah, blah. They gave up all those points to the Lions. This is that. And obviously they take care of it. And, you know, it was absolutely phenomenal performance by the defense. Uh, anyone can sit there and say what they want. Uh, primetime Kirk Cousins, whatever. It doesn't matter. They, 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 you know, it can't just be because the, the opponent sucks. Like, you have to give the Eagles some credit as to why they suck. No, Avante Maddox looked like Sante, Asante Samuel with that a couple right. of uh, attempts Slate he had was awesome. Last week, uh, you know, the defense absolutely just destroyed Carson Wentz. Um, now everybody else gets to understand why the Eagles fans were so frustrated for so many years because the talent's there and it's just that ACL injury clearly screwed up whatever absolute, whatever um, belief he had in himself. And, yeah. you know, to the tune of nine sacks, the, the offense absolutely blitzed the Reds. Ooh, sorry, the commanders. Oh, good this, catch. Yeah. And the, um, in the second quarter, the second quarter has been our quarter all year. Um, then going into this game, it's like, oh, well, the Eagles haven't scored in the second half in two straight games. The game has basically been over, but it definitely was a little bit worrisome. Now, we only scored nine points in the second half, but it was enough. Hey, um, it's better than zero. And this game showed that, hey, can you take a punch in the mouth from a good team? Like, people can say what they want about the Jaguars. They're a good team. And mm-hmm. like you said, I talk, we talked about this in the preseason. I thought they were going to be a bet, way better team. Anything to get rid of that decanter of the Urban Meyer situation got rid of it right and Doug Peterson I said is going to come in there he's going to level things out you know we were way better our first season I think people remember we started out three and oh then it was a couple bad close losses Carson had to grow as a quarterback and then Howie went and had that great 2017 all season which kind of mirrors the 
the you know our past offseason kind of mirrors what he did in 2017 right yeah and the benefits are showing already Hertz has grown tremendously yesterday was a um hey you know it's gonna rain so instead of trying to win in the rain which is shit Andy Reid would have done back in the day where he just would have tried to pass the ball all the time they did what essentially on the of uh, the ringer Philly podcast I, I thought it was a great way to term it three more outs to go um <laughs> they um they termed it, they ran a college offense. And essentially that's what they did. It was almost like a Chip Kelly, you know, quick screens, like under seven yards from the line of scrimmage, kind of no deep shots at all. Yep. And it was a lot of running and like, you know, zone reads and uh, mesh plays and stuff like that. And Sanders finally got his due. He finally can shut up the fucking haters that all these people, blah, 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 injuries and this, this and that, and blah, and he's no good. And, and you know what? When he gets his chance and the line actually blocks for him and they actually call plays for him instead of everything in the goal line being about Jalen Hurts getting his, you know, he's he's obviously understood that he's going to have to score from a couple yards out. And both his TD runs yesterday were phenomenal. That first one, the way he found the hole and was able to just get through and, and navigate, it hurt a little bit because I had him on my fantasy bench, but I don't give a shit. As long as he's scoring and playing well, it's all that matters for me. I don't care. And yeah, yeah, exactly. He just looked great. It was a great team performance. Now, you know, the haters are going to say, oh, well, Trevor Lawrence and the fumbles and the blood, the rain, and it wasn't for the rain. Okay, sure. But Trevor Lawrence also made a boneheaded interception. He threw that ball with not realizing that Bradbury was just sitting there waiting for it, which is a great play by Bradbury. Yes, the mm -hmm. one fumble where he lost it, that's probably weather related. The snap on where he lost it on the, on the third and one or whatever it was, yes, weather related, but that can happen anytime when. You're like, and so that one can kind of be, so maybe two of them you could chalk up, right? Yeah, it wasn't, okay. it wasn't like all four turnovers were a result right. of like, but then all the, the other two right. with Hassan Reddick were all Hassan Reddick. Yeah. And Hassan had his coming out day because I think a lot of Eagles fans are like, where's Reddick been this whole time? Right. And he was an absolute monster yesterday, which was great to see him do it at home. Um, you know, they got punched in the mouth, they fought back. So it's it's another good win to have, a different type of win to have. And I think oh, I think the whole fan base is finally behind this team. I think we've, they, we've, we've won ugly. We've won dominant. We've won with offense. We've won with defense. Um, special teams, maybe. Uh, hopefully Jake Elliott's okay. Obviously with that, you know, that was not – I don't think that was a dirty play at all. I think, you know, that guy just lost control and slipped into him um, in the rain. And I think we need to figure out our return situation because Britton Covey isn't getting it done in my books. And that could easily screw you. Like, talk to the 2011-12 Niners. And they were, you know, this close to going to the, the Super Bowl and their kick returner or punt returner, you know, who had fumbled multiple times during the year, lost control of it. And then the next thing you know, Eli and the, you know, Giants are winning a fucking second Super Bowl. So and, and even just to use an example from uh the, just this past week, the Sunday night football game, Bucks are supposed to receive the opening kickoff, and it's a fumble mm -hmm. right on the opening kickoff. And you give Patrick Mahomes pos opening possession in both halves. And so that's exactly. the most dangerous thing that you can do. And and that that's only heightened more when you get to the playoffs, the Super Bowl, etc. Oh, absolutely. In the playoffs, all that is like it, it's every little thing. You know, every punt return, you don't know what's going through those guys' heads when the only thought should be, all right, I got to get this catch clean, right? But it's like the elements, especially in, in the winter in January, it could be 10 times worse, right? Any of that stuff could really come into effect. And then on top of it, you have, you know, what happens if they, um, it, it's just, it's just somebody back there like Britton Covey, who is a rookie and it can't handle the pressure of the situation. You know, you got to make sure and, on top of it, you can't just have a guy who's back there taking fair catches all the time because eventually that will play a part where they know that that's going to happen and it, it's going to affect exact essentially what takes place. Like if they know that they don't have to worry about a return, it, it can affect how, how how those punts play out. Um, and you know, I, I don't know exactly how, but eventually, like I'm, I'm the I'm the the team kicking the Eagles, knowing that Britton Covey is never going to, you know set up a return, then there's no chance we're ever going to block it because they can just leave all their guys in there. And then secondly, you just have to know, don't even think about the fake. Just go right to him because if he's even going to catch it, like you can take the ball bouncing in the back of the end zone. But the idea that you can go right to him and mess him up and possibly have him fumble the ball 
it way outweighs that so much more outweighs the idea of getting them getting the ball in like the five instead of the 20 recovering the fumble is definitely more positive. So you, we're going to have to get somebody back there that actually can do something. And I don't think he's the answer. Maybe it's another free agent acquisition, uh, a trade. There's got to be somebody that can make, do this for us. Ag- I don't want to see Devontae Smith. No, nah, because I think the, the Belichick would try and screw us out of like a first round pick or something, but Fair. I don't want Devontae Smith back there either because no, I don't want no, him to get injured. One time against Washington. And I was like, Nope, don't need this. Just don't even yeah, feel I, the pun. I, we just don't need him getting injured. You know, it, it's, this isn't like where the Sean Jackson was like, I, you know, the Sean Jackson was a difference maker back there. Um, not that the, Devontae couldn't, I just, Devontae's way too integral to the offense to have him back there. Unless you're throwing him back there for random situations, but even then, I just it's just way too risky. Um, I don't know, maybe Quez Watkins. You know, there's got to be somebody maybe. we can find. There, there are options, but look, Boston but, Scott. But yeah, but looking ahead, so the Eagles got two more games before the bye week in Week Seven at Arizona, and then home against Dallas Sunday Night Football. That is rumored to be the target date for Dak Prescott's return. Now Cooper Rush keeps winning games. And I'm not saying that the Cowboys will stick to Cooper Rush immediately when Dak comes back. But I think a situation is brewing where if Dak can't bring that offense back to life like it was last year, there's a situation where maybe they do kind of change up and reevaluate their options a little bit. But from the Eagles side of things, they got at Arizona and home against Dallas. That home game against Dallas, if the Eagles come in 6-0, and is going to be one of the best atmospheres in football not even just that weekend, but for that, for the entire season, because Eagles fans are well aware of how important it is to have momentum going into a bye week. And the players know this city probably better than any really any other team besides the Super Bowl team uh, a couple of years ago. And they know how important this rivalry is. Mm-hmm. So they know it's important to grab a victory, rest up, and get after it and be prepared for the rest of the season. Arizona looks like a dumpster fire. And Dallas, Dallas is just like a weird question mark of like, are they an offensive team, a defensive team? Like, what is their identity? It feels like they don't have an identity. And yeah, so like Cooper Rush just... isn't beating like these, like, like they got a lucky win against the Bengals where there was a couple calls that went in their favor. Um, and the Bengals didn't play the clock correctly. Then he beat the Giants, which is like, cool, the Giants are what, three and one? Yeah, they're not a real three and one. And then, right, is that who he beat? Is that, is that who? it was yeah it was the giant it was the the giants the Bengals, or and the i mean command- the giants yeah the giants three and one sorry that's what i meant are they two yeah, and the, two uh let me double check the giants are two and one or no mm-hmm. three and one three, three and one three two, and one yeah. right okay. it was at that after that loss they went down to two right. and one i misread that and okay. then and then they beat the commanders who cool they won week one but that i think was before the jaguars had really figured out who they were and that was even a closer game than they, they, they shouldn't have won that game. They should be 0-4. But, you know, they, we saw who they are. They're only – their Lions only win. And then we absolutely beat the shit out of them last week. And then, you know, and it's also – but you got to say, like, like I was saying for the Eagles, you can't just be like, oh, the, 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 the opponents suck. Like, no, good on Cooper Rush. You know, he, no. he's come in. He's played solidly. Uh, yesterday, I think apparently he got away with two should have been picks that were brought back on on penalties or something like that. But yep. that said, he's come in there. He's done what he's supposed to do. He's game managed, made some big time throws. He's one, he's a four and oh, he's the first um, Dallas QB to start his, his career four and oh, or something like that. Oh, because he had a win another time. Like his yeah, first like, four starts, he's like four and out, like he's four and out. He won another game like a couple seasons ago or something like that. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm excited about the Eagles moving forward uh, and they should be fun. But on a more is that a, uh, Sunday, is that a Sunday night game, you said? Yeah, the Dallas one is a Sunday night game. Arizona, I believe. Let me just double check. It's I 425. Believe. It's a 425 game. Yeah, on Fox. And then yeah, the Dallas game is Sunday night. And then they don't have another primetime game until Thursday, November 3rd against the Texans on Thursday huh? night. I thought they played the Steelers. I oh, know the Steelers are a one o'clock game. No, yeah, but we... yeah, primetime. Sorry. But the, I would say we can't take we shouldn't like we can't start looking ahead like they can't look ahead to that Dallas game like just even though the, the Cardinals are two and two they're shitty two and two but like what they did in that second half against the Raiders shows you that they can like right now like obviously Kingsbury's proving to be a terrible head coach they're kind of playing like backyard football every time they drop back 
Hollywood Brown's been a pretty decent acquisition actually for them. Um, you know, without Hopkins being there, uh, they haven't really gotten James Conner going, but you know, you don't want to be the team that lets them get going. So yeah. while they haven't looked great, you know, and yes, they're two and two, but they're, you know, they, they, they want to mirac- have a miraculous win against the Raiders team that should have put them away six different times. And then they won yesterday against a Broncos team that, you know, I've seen peewee teams have better offenses than the Broncos and who knows what's going on. I mean, that, that guy might not hack it, might not make it up one year. No, you know, I, don't, I don't think so. He I might, think it's he already looks, he's so looking far. like the worst coaching hire so far. So um, it's, yeah, we can't look ahead. It's, it's just, I, I hope that this team, yeah, the Cardinals, that. the Cardinals are a threat and shouldn't be slept on because they can still explode. Any, any team, moment. any team can be a threat is, I guess is the best way to put it. It's fair. Take each week in and out, be serious. Don't listen to the, can they go undefeated? Can they not? And I think Fletcher Cox and the rest of the leaders in that, in that locker room have that down pat. And yeah, so absolutely. It's just exciting. It's nice to once again, look forward to Sundays, yeah. the Eagles it's fall. It's, 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 it's great. And you know, it's, it's nice to have something to bring you like to have something in the sports world, bring, bring us joy. Every also, week. also diamondbacks but, up five to four. Yeah. I saw that. I didn't want to interrupt. I meant that was going to, yeah. So is it, <laughs> is it the bottom of the ninth? Bottom yeah, 10. Bottom of the 10th. Well, how many outs? Uh, no outs. Runners on first and second, according to great. ESPN's the game cast. Um, all right. So apparently the kid that blew it for um, the, the Brewers ties, the kid from Norristown, Christian Walker, the Kennedy Kendrick kid, apparently he's the, he's the one that had the error that let them. Uh, uh, hopefully he bounces back. Um, unfortunately, we do have to talk about the Tua issue. So for anyone that may not be aware, Tua Tagovailoa, I think I nailed that pronunciation. Um, against the Bill, he was knocked. He kind of got pushed down to the ground and hit his head on the turf. And when he got up, he was a little bit woozy. So he checked out of the game and then came back in the second half. And the Dolphins reported it as a back injury. This all sets up four days later on Thursday Night Football against the Cincinnati Bengals. Tua thrown to the ground and his head and neck, uh, to his head and neck on Thursday Night Football got like snapped back. And then, uh, and one of the scariest like sports sites I've ever seen is when he has like the crossed up fingers. When yeah, he's, like, it looked going like he to, had like, broken his, his finger head. and you couldn't figure out what ha- like what looked like his finger like had like snapped off. And you're like, what's going on? And then they report that he was seizing, right? Yeah, exactly. And then uh, and that was again only four days after the Bills hit uh, the hit against the Bills. And then Saturday, the independent neurotrauma consultant was fired by the Dolphins. And so this raises a lot of concerns about, again, just like it was only five, six, seven years ago, how was the NFL handling concussions? Was this handled the correct way? And for the NFL, this is probably the worst PR thing to happen to them at the moment um, as a sport. But more importantly for Tua, it's like, not only the football side of it, but it's just a fucking terrifying thing to see. Is like I can't even imagine being like his mother, and you look and you're watching your son play, and he's got like his he can't work his fingers at the moment, and like oh no, yep, what happened? Astros, yep, tied Brewers tied. Got to take care of our own business. We got to you know you don't want to get oh, down oh it's the Brewers. I thought yeah. I thought the Astros tied it up. I was like fuck. Okay. No, we were still uh, uh, Schwarber is still top of the Phillies. It's still top nine, two outs, uh, three and two. Uh, Schwarber's at the bat. He's literally on. He's about to have, get pitch thirteen, and it's about he's fouled off seven pitches. He damn. literally just keeps fouling them off. He missed a double down the line by like a pubic hair. Like it literally like was like sorry by 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 a, by a, I X it out. He missed beard the double hair. down the line by a beard hair. <laughs> it was it was so close, and he just walked to load the bases for my favorite player in the world, Reese Hoskins. Yeah, I, uh, um, but anyway, but yeah, so. back to the Tua thing. I'm this, in my opinion, this is the worst thing that could happen to the NFL at this moment. Just with concussions, this is the one thing that could really, if there's any Achilles heel to the NFL and football as a sport, it's concussions and brain damage. Um, and it's just a terrifying sight, and it's a terrifying thing to witness as a fan, let alone the parent of a player or something like that. 
And thankfully, I've never had a concussion. I've gotten my bell rung a few times, but nothing too crazy, uh, mainly because I sucked at football and I hated the contact. Um, and it's it's a failure on the Dolphins. It's a failure on the NFL. And it's a failure on the Players Association that they allowed that the NFL and the Players Association allowed these certain doctors to clear these players when it's just not the case. And Tua was woozy during the Bills game. The fact that they called it a bullshit and for that side to occur on Thursday night football, when it's the first like real game of the weekend, it's a, it's an atrocity. And it shows that the NFL just again, again, it's another case where it feels like the NFL just doesn't give a shit about its players. And it's like, okay, just plug in Teddy Bridgewater. We don't care. We just want like someone up there. And it's, I just felt like, I felt like Tua was betrayed by the organization that should be protecting him. Absolutely. No, everything you just said is 100% right. Like how do his parents feel? How does any of his loved ones feel watching that? And he, his friends, his teammates, knowing that I don't understand how none of his, how there's no one else in the dolphins. Like I get that there was like, Hey man, he's finally looked good. We're, we're off to off the best start we've had in years. We could have some real momentum here. We beat the bills, the whole nine yards. This isn't that. Like, I don't understand how there was nobody else in that roster that stood up and said, what the fuck is Tua doing in this game? There is no way he should have gone back in that game against the Bills, let alone being been out there last Thursday whatsoever. And if he sees the field before November, it is an absolute travesty. And it is such a missed uh, – no, I don't want to say missed opportunities not the right way. It is – it is um, – it is – criminal thank you it is criminal on the on the nfl's part that they like they should be tried for attempted murder i'm serious like there is no reason he should have ever been out there the studies have come out and showed that if you get a concussion you can recover from right but if you get a concussion within like two weeks and hoskins struck out like an asshole if you get a concussion within two weeks or like 10 days or something after that first after that first one you got it is like you've gotten like three or four together is how it happens and let me tell you I can tell you because I've done it before. I got three in a span of 10 days my freshman year of college, okay? And it's stupid Damn. and it hurt. And I remember spending basically like a month in a haze where like it was just like every day was just like out of it. Like it was to the point that like my friends were like literally like making sure that like they would every morning like would like call me. Like whether like one of my boys or like at the time like my girlfriend would call me to be like, are you awake? Like. Like you got yeah, class. checking like, up on like, you and stuff. Yeah, like just that. to make sure. And like, luckily, I had class with a, like a bunch of buddies I had become friends with quickly because we were all in the same major. And I had a couple other kids that I went to high school that I went to Drexel with, and they would, you know, call and be like, "Hey, you up? You're up?" Like, and they would like they'd stand outside to make sure I like got the like class okay because it was playing football with them. Like we would play foot like tackle football and like on like the, there's a like a field like on Drexel's campus where you can use. And it's like a turf field. And the first time I did it, I, the first, the first one I got, I was, you know, we, we were playing and uh, I went and I got like low bridge and I fell and I hit my head and it was like a turf field, but it was still a little hard. And yeah. I hit my head and I was like, oh, okay. Like that kind of hurt. It is what it is. But like, as like it went on, I started to get a little bit more like out of it. Yeah. And then like, I ended up butting heads like later on that. And like, that was probably like a half hour later. And then like, we went like to leave and be done. And as we're walking, I kind of started not to feel good. And the next thing I know, I just kind of like wobble and like fell over. And luckily like my one buddy and a girlfriend at the time were standing there, like they catch me and they're like, uh, so I remember going to the ER and they're like, yeah, you have a concussion, blah, blah, blah. So then I remember being a dumbass and like a week later going out or no, like not even a week, like maybe even like five days later going out, and playing again or like three days. And that time I literally was running and went head on and like, boom, the top of our, my head with my buddy, Jake said like snack. And Jake was like a 200. I'm like at the time, like 200 and like 35 pounds, like six, four. He played like tank. little Matt. He put like, yeah, he was a tank. He played middle linebacker for Lancaster Catholic. Like he was no, oh, he was a beast. Oh my God. And I just yeah. remember hitting him and like getting up and be like, Whoa. And all my friends being like, you're all right. Like, they all kind of said like you should, like thought maybe I shouldn't be playing like like or at least I should have just been playing like quarterback at that point. Yeah, I'm like I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, and I was just like whatever. 
And I remember the next day, literally falling asleep in the shower before class and like waking up by like, I was falling and I literally caught myself. And then I remember falling asleep in class and the teacher yelling at me and my friend literally going up to him afterwards and making the teacher feel like an asshole and being like, we think he has a concussion. And she sent me to like, because she was the track coach or whatever, or like she was in the athletics department, took me to like their like health specialist at Drexel to have me looked at. And they're like, yeah, like, don't like, dude, you have a concussion. Like what happened? I explained everything to them. And they were like, yeah, like no contact, whatever for the certain next amount of days. And like a week later, so I was just a little bit more than 10 days, I guess, but still um, I got, it was like, yeah. So like a week later, I was walking to, um, I was coming home from a party and I got jumped by a couple of frat kids Ugh. who were saying, who were like saying shit to like my, I was like with my buddy and his girl at the time or like girl he was looking up with ended up being her friend, a person years late, like she was still a friend years later and they were like saying shit to her and I was, you know, under the influence, like defensive. Drunk. Yeah. And I was defensive and I told them to shut the fuck off and that they came running over, blah, blah, blah. And one thing led to another. And they, all I remember is that they kept, they were Indian and they kept using the N word. And I was like, dude, stop saying that you're not black. And then they said I was racist because I said that. Naturally. I, was like, I was like, shut the fuck up and like, get away. I was like, I was like, like leave. Like no one wants anything. You're the one being like, like an asshole to my friend. Like apologize to her. Like, like have some respect and be like a gentleman or something. And they're like, fuck you. Apologize. You racist. I'm like I'm not racist. You're the assholes. Long story yeah. short, they throw a punch and it. Like they hit me. And so my buddy, there's three of them. My buddy's trying to throw them off. Meanwhile, Drexel campus security watches this all go down. Takes her sweet time walking over, like to see it. I'm on the ground, and then I, the only thing that I got up for is I looked up and I see this one kid take a swing at my the the girl who was with who was my friend, friend Jamie. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You just try to throw a punch at a girl. So like, even though I'm like out of it, man, like in a like like blacked out, I just remember popping seeing up, red, like seeing red, and then like literally punching the one kid, and then they saw like a cop car come around the corner and they all bolt it, and. Like, I don't remember much after that. If, the only reason I have any recollection of all this is it has been explained. It was explained to me later on by my buddy my and my, my, my friend, Bill, and the, this girl, Jamie. Mm. And, like, through the years, like, because I was still friends with them for years afterwards, explaining, like, what really did happen. And they eventually find the one kid hiding behind a dumpster. They they got their come up and just put it that way, as I'll say. Um, leave it at that. They, they were eventually taken care of by somebody else. Um, and, uh, you know, like ended up in the hospital. They're like, you've had like, this is like documented as like your third concussion now, like the last like 10 to like 12 days, like you need to like, take it easy. Like, and then that was like around like Halloween weekend, maybe like a week before Halloween. And I just remember like, I was just in a daze for like, for like the rest of the semester almost. And it affects a lot of things. Like that that was those were three of the seven concussions I had. My first concussion I got when I was 14 years old. We were wrestling, like my friends and I were like screwing around when I was in eighth grade, slam my head on the top of the cold ground, oh, like in the middle of December. Oh God. And didn't really know what was going on. And then I got another one two days later playing basketball i dove for a loose ball and hit my head on the bleachers Ugh. so that were i got like my first two and back to back and i you know it, and i just remember like being in a fog and it, they suck it's headaches it's fogs and it brings this on is a like, whole other but, but it's it's brain function is what it right. is and like that's it's, completely different than a broken bone in your leg or an ankle exactly. or something like that and that's CTE, where everything like that and it affects at so many different levels like I can tell you right now, like, yeah, I had depression and anxiety issues prior to all these like happening, but I can tell you my depression and anxiety was definitely increased by concussions. And I, I remember like sitting like finals week, sitting outside, like, like when I should have been studying and I'm with mm -hmm. my girlfriend at the time. And I remember like, for no reason whatsoever, I was just so depressed that I was like, like, not like suicidal, but I was like, like nothing could cheer me up. And she, I just remember she stayed up the whole night with me trying to like talk me down and like make, like you have a lot of good things going for you. This is that. And like, it was like, I'd never been that more depressed in my life. 
And you wonder why all these people that end up having CT kill themselves because I can only imagine how much more darker it gets for them. More like Junior Seau, like I, Rob Nikovich. Exactly. I will. All so, these guys. Yeah. So Rob Nikovich, who was teammates with Junior Seau at one point, um, he was explaining just how how troubling it is when you have a teammate that's going through something like this, and it's like that's how that's how it can end. That's how it can end. Um, and no person should be subjected to that. And that's where this kind of lands. It's just like. You had someone, you had an athlete that was clearly not fit to play mentally and physically. Did they do it? Red October. All right, we'll we'll wrap this up. Um, but yeah, it's brain function, completely different story. And hopefully the Tua can get healthy and functioning and he'll be all right uh, for the long run. So uh, let's get to the Phillies right now. Red October. Them firing that that independent doctor is such okay. bullshit they're making that person a scapegoat person if i'm them i fucking sue the nfl because i guarantee you that was not the person who gave the final answer to send it back out there i would you know for a fact that they made him doctor up results and it's bullshit that they're making this person not to be the scapegoat and the one who's all at fault the dolphins are at fault the nfl pa like you said and the nfl tua should not see the field until you, they can prove to us through test and medical like research and everything that is literally okay for him to go out there and they are not putting his life on the line. He could have like died. He not could have. He like he. He could have died on Thursday. He could have. He could have. It could have been a long term health so bad. It could have been a Ryan Shazier situation where he struggles right. to walk again and exactly. It, it's terrifying. They should have learned from and the fact that they were willing to put him in that situation all for a win or a loss and because it was on a, a on a um Thursday night on, Thursday night game it's absolute bullshit and I'm sorry like yes Tua they can sit there and say well Tua wanted to go back out there of course he does he's a p- football player he's yeah. a professional athlete that's what they want to do but that's a terrible excuse it's your job to protect them and it's just you thought we thought we were getting better with this and, and I just if I have issues with my seven concussions that never came in a professional situation. I can only imagine how fucking much more it hurts his head getting him in an NFL game. And I just, it's, it's just such a shame and watching that happen. And I just, I would really hope that we don't have to sit here and ha- keep having this conversation around tour or any other player this year. And that when he comes back to play, it's because he's able to, and not because they're forcing the issue just for the wins and loss record. For sure. All right, let's transition to a more uh, more happy topic. The Phillies are going to the playoffs. The Red October is officially back. Uh, the 11-year drought finally ends as the Phillies just beat the Astros 3-0. So, Timmy, can they do it? Can they, can they win a three-game series again? Knock on the door of a, cha- of a commissioner's trophy. So they got so so what we'll get the Cardinals, I guess is how it, it's gonna stack up, right? Yeah, it's probably gonna be the Cardinals, and then they would play there's no the way winner. They, there's no way they can catch there's no way they can catch the Padres, nor do I want them to, because it looks like the Mets are gonna be the team that is the is the is the four seed. Yeah. And I'd rather be the sixth seed at that point. Yeah, so it looks like uh hold on if I can pull up the playoff bracket uh let me see uh at the proceeds so it would be phillies yeah i think it's phillies phillies versus cardinals and then um they would play the they, they're playing they're playing the one seed no matter what i think right yes yeah, so then they would play as the one seed who's the one seed in the oh no no no, no i guess uh, the dodgers guess... right no, I guess if the Cardinals win, then they play the Braves. But if we win, we play the Dodgers. So, where is Or is this? it a bracket? It's a bracket, and I'm, I just pulled up one on FanDuel. Uh, so, the Phillies so the Phillies play the Cardinals, and then they play the Braves. And then they would play the winner of uh, between the Padres, the Mets, and the Dodgers. For that, yes, if that makes okay. any sense. 
And that's as of, as we're taping this on Monday night. So things could be subject to change depending on how, um, like the Braves finish, I guess maybe. Um, but so the Phillies would now would have to run through the Cardinals, the Braves. Oh, and either the- if the Padres lose tonight, we're tied with them neck and neck with two to go. Of course, of and course. You don't want to. You don't want to lose on purpose. You don't because that's never like the the the, the sports gods no. do not repay that in favor. Nope. All right, whatever. Maybe they just they win it out, and maybe we we Dude, shake the I, Mets voodoo. Yeah, and I think the, the Mets are coming off probably the worst way to end a season at ever, like ever in this organization's history, which I think is saying a lot. Uh, Losing that's that, <laughs> uh, yeah, fair. It's it's up there. Uh, Losing them come down to, in flames while we manage, like clinch at the same time is like it's it's great it's it's a, it's a double bonus to watch those fantastic scumbags from Queens do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm and so, all their I'm, piece of shit fans. I'm getting so sick and tired. I know I'm I'm getting really sick and tired of Mets fans because they went from predicting like World Series champs at the beginning of the season to now they're like, oh yeah, we knew they were done. We knew they were toast. It's like shut the fuck up. Like no, you did it. No, you did it. I just I I hate their I'll forever hate their fans for the fact that when I was in like seventh or eighth grade going to a game and watch like against them and watching uh, I was like in the like the below like on the the back when it was a vet it was like club box seats they were, they were right on the field yeah they were they were, they, they, they had a different name I don't know and there was like a foul ball and Rico Bruni or whatever comes over and catches it and like gets it and flips it to like. Like a, maybe like a four year old girl who's sitting there in the front seat or whatever, and there's freaking like 15, 16 year old Mets, these two Mets fans come running down and like catch, like go to catch it and like rip it out of the girl's hands and run back and like, ah, like celebrating. And they sit down with their dad, and their dad's like, Yeah, man, wait. And it's like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you just stole a foul ball from a four year old girl. Like, yeah, it was yeah, so no. bad. Like, Luckily, like they the, the Philly saw it and they went and like they gave the little girl this thing oh, and like, nice. but like everyone just booed them and wanted them. But right there, right then and there, I was like thirteen and I knew I was like, wow, you're <laughs> a fucking piece of shit. Like what a scumbag. Like get the like they eventually got booted because they were too they got too drunk and they got caught like sip like giving the kid alcohol so the ushers booted. Oh. Him. But it's just like that's like fine. you know like that right there just is like every Mets fan in the world to me. Yeah, no, that's I think that's a pretty accurate representation uh if I'm speaking for myself. Uh but can they run through the Cardinals? Can they run through the Braves and do it and do the impossible? At least in the Cardinals series, a three-game series and you got Nola, Wheeler, if, if whoever you want to throw out there in that last spot if it's Ranger Suarez, um Bailey Falter's been showing a lot of promise lately. And then you got, I, I mean, I don't know who else you want to throw out there. I mean, Kyle Gibson, but like Gibson's a little bit too much of a gamble, I think, in my opinion. So, but I'm looking at like the fact that they ended this playoff drought is incredible. It, this is exactly, this is a great step in the right direction. Everything else, you're playing with nothing to lose. You're playing with nothing to lose as the wild. Now they have nothing left to lose, and they can just play to their own, um, I guess, play the way that they want to without any pressure now of really uh, worrying about, like, losing a wild card spot and stuff like that. So now this is anyone's ball game, and I am pumped to see how the Phillies handle this. And also, it's important to note the Phillies won the season series between yeah, the Cardinals four, four, to, four three. to three. That's what I was just looking up. Um, so, and they've and the Phillies have also won. And uh, some of the games the they last... lost too. They they blew like they when they lost like four three. I'm pretty sure they blew that game. Yeah, they, um, they won three of the last four against the Cardinals. So anything is possible. I think the Cardinals no, three the last team, three the last five. All they need is two games. They need to win two games, and with Nolan Wheeler on the bump, most likely both games, I'll take that. I will take that against whatever the Cardinals throw their way, and I want to see what the Cardinals can do whenever Goldschmidt and Arnato aren't uh, really firing on all cylinders. So the Phillies got a shot. Yeah, I I don't the the they don't the, they don't scare me as much as like it would like the Mets. Even with the Mets in free fall, for some reason they just have had our um, number lately. Um, 
I'm just like I'm trying to see who they're like who who are the who are their starters. I wonder. The Cardinal uh, starters. Yeah. I have not looked up their rotation in a minute. That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to um figure out. Jack uh, Jack Flaherty, uh, Jordan Montgomery, Adam Wainwright, Miles McCullis, and Jose Quintana. Oh, that's right. I forgot they got Quintana. So but has I. Quintana been like any good for them? I wonder. So Quintana's two nine three ERA, uh, in his last. He's only given up three earned runs in his last one, two, three, four, five starts. So Quintana's kind of a threat, I feel like. Um, but I, even if this comes down to a pitcher's duel, I'm still going to bank my – put money on the Phillies' offense because the Phillies' offense will be so much more relaxed. And I think this could be the best offense that we see from the Phillies in months. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's- um, um, it's. I think they're, they're the pressure is gone. I think it was always like ever since that Harper contract, and then the Nationals went and won the World Series and all that. You know, not that he hasn't lived up to it because he has. I think there's been that kind of pressure on him to really deliver. Um, you know, obviously Cassianos and Schwarber didn't have the years we thought they were going to have. Hoskins had his typical. You know, I'm going to hit. 25 or so homers with 70 plus RBIs and bat 260, 250. Boehm obviously had the had a little bit of a struggle in the beginning of the year, but he his bat essentially carried helped carry us uh average wise for the months that Harper was out. He's he struggled a lot lately, and that worries me. I don't know if he's just getting tired or what, but I, I hope he that like he just starts fresh and is ready to go come the postseason. Harper, same thing. Segura's been good when he's been healthy for us. Brandon Marsh looks like he's kind of figuring out. Stott's been awesome lately. Like the it just they we haven't had the the, the set lineup, I think, that we've won it all season until the last like month and a half, two months. And I think it's finally starting to come into order. Like you said, Nola Wheeler and Nola one two was a great combo. Ranger Suarez has been pitching phenomenal since the middle of June. He's had a couple bad starts, but then he's had really good ones. Like last week in Chicago against Chicago, like he pitched awesome. And like, and it's just the, the offense just screwed him. He was amazing. Also, it's a crying shame he doesn't qualify for the golden glove for the pitcher because he should win it just going hands down. Like he is so sick with the glove. Like just like he just feels so everything near him and is just like so calm getting it over to first base. He's Chase Utley 2.0. Like it's 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 been great watching him on the mound, and he came into camp overweight, wasn't ready. He I don't think he took the offseason as serious as he needed to. He kind of worked himself into shape, and now that he's been there, he's been great. Uh, Gibson better get fucking shifted to the bullpen because I can't watch any more of his shit. Uh, I'd even take Eflin back in the rotation if it makes. I was going to say so you so you would bring Eflin back in. And put I mean, to the, bullpen. the thing is, it's it, it, it's going to be Syndergaard, right? You got to think it's yeah. either that or Falter. And I don't know, at this point, Falter has been the better starter than the other two. You know what I mean? It's like – or, you know, I, I – it's – either way, that fourth starter isn't great. Um, but that's something that obviously they're going to have to worry about if they get there. They, they have to worry about winning a three-game series first, right? Yeah, So it's, exactly. they get two games in St. Louis and one game here. They got to steal one of those two to be able to bring that series back. Boom. Hopefully they can do it. It'd be nice to even get it so they don't even have to worry about bringing it back home, right? And like the, yeah, they can exactly. they can they can win those two right there that and everything like that. But I don't know. It's nice. I want to feel excited, but I've given up and come back to this team so many times this year. <laughs> like that you're not the only just, one. I I feel like a hypocrite being excited about this, but it's like whatever. It's nice just to have it. It's nice that it's not just the Eagles and Sixers we being excited about that. It's Red October. Hopefully they can do more than just play one meaningless three game series that they can get to the division series and maybe take that to five games. I I honestly don't see them getting past the division series, um, but it's not out of the question for them to get there. Um, it would take a lot to come together. The lineup would really have to start hitting consistently. I but just yeah. want to I just want to see what Nola can do in a bright spot. I think he's right. just been had such bad teams for so long that seeing these other veterans get back into the playoffs and with a chance to win a championship. 
at boost is so different for this team compared to others. Like Atlanta, I think it's easy to catch Atlanta with a haymaker and, and really catch them by surprise. Um, the Mets are feeling all the pressure in the world right now, especially mm-hmm. with the collapse. Well, I can't see them surviving the Padres, honestly. So the Padres, my only concern is, is, is Machado and Tatis going to be, or not Tatis, excuse me, Machado and uh, Soto going to be enough because Soto has not had great numbers with the Padres so far since he's been traded there. Terrible. Exactly. And the, really the Dodgers are the Dodgers. Like they have a star studded lineup every single year. So of course they're going to be a challenge, but you don't have to deal with them until the NLCS. Hopefully if you get to that point. So right. if there's any bracket that the Phillies could get through to reach the NLCS, at least it's the region that they're in right now, which is against the Cardinals. And then if they beat the Cardinals, they get the Braves. And I, I, I could see the Braves taking a step back and kind of coming in too cocky a little bit and taking a step back and everyone's counting their money. Dansby Swanson's counting their money, Austin Riley and all these guys. And then the Phillies come out here and say, fuck you. We've got our eyes on a championship. We've been fighting for this for a decade. We're not letting this slip past. And and, he, and Bryce has had really good numbers, I think, at, at Atlanta's ballpark throughout his career. And who knows who catches fire? Maybe Castellanos comes alive. And Bohm, uh really starts feeling his bat back again. So I, I'm excited for the Phillies. I think Philly fans should be excited that a deep playoff run is potentially happening. And that if there's any region that can actually do it, this the Phillies are in the region to do it as of now. Right. So, and, so and here's the other thing, too. It's not a bunch of guys that have never been to the playoffs. Like We have, like, Hoskins obviously has never been there. Boom's never been there, players like that. But Castellanos was there at least his second year, not maybe his first. He might have been a playoff addition when he was on the Tigers. He played with the Cubs, I believe, that one year. He had a half a year with them. And I oh know that was 2019. So I don't think he did because I don't think the Cubs made it that year. Um, he did it with the, the Reds in that 2020 shortened season. Like, so he's, he's had a couple cup of coffee in the, uh, in the playoffs. Right. Um, Schwarber obviously has a championship. Harper has been there with the nationals multiple times. There's, there's, yep. I think Wheeler was there with the Mets. You know, there's, there's people on, there's, there's, there's pitchers on this roster that have been there. So the guard made it to the world series. We have some people in our, in our bullpen that have done it. You know, Nola obviously pitched some big games when he was at LSU and he's starting to look like 2018 Nola again. But I think the They're, difference is, sorry to cut you off, but I think no, the difference is, is that these guys haven't won it yet. So mm-hmm. they, they're still hungry for the championship victory. Oh no. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I'm just saying it helps to have yeah, yeah, yeah. like people like when, like when the, when, the 2007 Phillies finally broke that schneid in the Mets epic collapse. That, by the way, is probably their worst thing ever. I would literally, you know, as soon as I said that, that, I was thinking, I was like, oh, wait, no, oh, seven. I would definitely. Yeah, but you were so young. It's, it, it's, you can, yeah, I give you the pass. <laughs> fair, um, fair enough. But like, I just think that that team, there were some players that had made it before, but there was so young that they kind of needed that. They, need, they needed the blood. They needed to get blooded. Like, they needed mm-hmm. to, like, have the first exposure, right? Yep. And then they finally got it. And then the next year they came back and they made it. And, you know, they they put it all together and they won it all. Greatest fall of my – you know, one of the greatest falls of my life. I, you know, it was phenomenal. Turn 21, you know, they 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 were going out All right, out this is not reminiscent time. Yeah. This is – that we let's say do on I track. think they can do do I think they can do that this year? No, but I don't think it's gonna be as bad as 2007, right? Where they just like are like three, like two and like you know, it's just boom, they're done. Oh yeah. I think that they can at least win against the Cardinals. Um it also wouldn't surprise me to just go out and get sh- shellacked for two games because the Cardinals have been really hot. But mm. you never know. The playoffs are a different beast. Like we've said, Nola and Wheeler are a great one-two punch. If anything, we made it, and if anything, the big news here is if we at least get to the divisional series and then maybe we get swept or something happens, even if we get swept in the first round, they'll look at this roster and be like, all right, we got there, but now what do we need to go on a deeper run? Like, we need more consistent features from the lineup, and maybe they just think, hey, we roll it back, which I I know they're going to do, but they need a couple more starters. They need more bullpen help. And they need something 
like that's going to make it like they, they need more consistent help out of the out out in the outfield. I think Stott with a full year will be better. Yeah, but like you said, Red October finally. So we'll see. Um. So if you're the Phillies front office, are you bringing back Rob Thompson now that the drop droughts over? That's the other thing. I don't know, man, because everyone is like in love with them and I get it, but there's a lot of things that I question and how he handled this team. He made some very questionable decisions at different times. I think anyone was going to catch the boon of post Girardi. Like that team, the team was just so happy to get rid of him. The clubhouse clearly despised his guts. It's not to say that he's not bad. A lot of people in the industry think that he's been long deserving, but I just think, you know, when Schwarber and Hoskins were struggling, it was very weird to leave them in the one-two hole the whole time. You and I have talked about it. I'm not the only one. That's not just my hate for Hoskins, but he's not a two-hole hitter. I no. think Shagora should be there, at, you know, or bomb, and with Shagora in the leadoff spot, um, you know, with with Schwarber probably in the four-hole because I think it's a lot better to have a guy in the four-hole who hits 230 with – 40 home runs than it is at lead all in the leadoff spot. You know what I mean? I, I that's been one of my big issues. I think he's mismanaged the bullpen and the starting pitching sometimes. But I mean, if they go on a run or you know they 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 get to the division series and go five games and narrowly lose, he's definitely getting the contract. But you know, how many times has that panned out? I don't know. Like there's been times where it's like with Jack McKean taking over for the Marlins and they go all the way and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's few and far between, but the, I guess the bigger question is if you don't take him, who do you hire? Exactly. Like, That's what I was going like to say. You, you've got to hire someone that clearly gives you the same influence that he did Joe Madden or is Joe Madden just completely washed at this point? I don't know. I, Maybe he, he gets a fresh start. I always wanted him over Girardi, but apparently he thought the angels gave him a better option. We, we saw how that worked out. I, I just, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see. It really will be like, and if they don't want to bring him back or they're up in the air, they, I think the most important thing they got to do is talk to the players and ask them, what did they think they need to get – what did they think they needed a manager to get them? Like, what was the difference between Girardi and Thompson? Now, they shouldn't have the final say because, obviously, when the players have the final say, it never ends up well. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I think no matter what, he's going to get a contract. I don't know if it's the right idea, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Uh, wrapping up here, we wanted to talk about NFL alternate uniforms because there were some, some – eh? Some and some uh, yikes. Uh, so the Washington Commanders, New Orleans Saints, and Cincinnati Bengals all debuted their alternate uniforms for this year. Uh, the Bengals did a cocaine white, is what I'm calling it. They did an all white helmet. Uh, Commanders did all black uniforms, and then the Saints did like their all what are called the Stormtrooper, like the whites with the gold letters. Uh, and then but they debuted a new black helmet with um like the the uh gold stripe gold stripe yeah thank you i don't the gold stripe down the middle so mm-hmm. um the washington commanders were just absolutely atrocious this team looks like a call of duty like esports video game like <laughs> it looks it looks atrocious i this looks like an eight-year-old got a whole a hold of like cheat codes and but just messed with his settings and i know that because i've been that brother a couple of times um, so uh, the Washington commanders, they've whiffed on this rebrand. They whiffed on all these uniforms and all these changes, and it's just atrocious. Another chapter in the Washington dumpster fire. That is the Dan Snyder era. The, the, the saints, I didn't mind. I think the saints were like a yellow light on like the traffic scale. The commanders were a red light. Uh, yeah, well, there was a green, there was a yellow, there was a red, there was a very yeah. clear, obvious winner. Uh, maybe, and then an obvious loser, and yeah, agreed. Sorry. No, it's okay. The Bengals, I really like the white, but I could do without the not related to the uniform, the the white uh like field art, like the white Bengals logo. I don't know if you saw oh, that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And the white end zones. I was like, okay, I think we're doing this a little bit too much. I think this is gonna be we're gonna have Leo DiCaprio repro. Wall Street and just snorting up the entire field. Like this is gonna be. We need to relax a little bit with uh, some of the the white. But 
I love the Bengals jerseys. That's why no, the Giants, the Giants also wore their throwbacks yesterday, too. Oh, I'll never hate those. Team. I'll never hate yeah. those. They, those should be their regular uniforms. Like the Eagles should go Agreed. back to the Keller Agreed. Green. Agreed. So I'll never hate on those uniforms. Uh, but yeah, Washington Commanders, complete whiff. Dan Steiner, terrible owner. Shocking news. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> what do you think about these? Um, I think, yeah, the the I, I didn't even know that they were wearing I didn't even know they were like technically, I guess it's not everything they wear this year is new. I, the obviously, everyone knows that it's just been a terrible rebrand. Like you essentially just changed your name. Like you, you, you have the same colors, everything else. All of it is you change your name to the commanders, which is just stupid. It just shows you how much of a piece of shit Daniel Snyder is. First of all, those colors are hideous. Like, I don't know what team is like, Oh, I love being maroon and yellow. Like it, they're just it's a hideous combination of colors. Like it doesn't work. I would never be excited to rep that combo, that combo, like anywhere. It just needs to go, right? Maroon in general is a very hard color to pull off. And the gold or yellow is another one that I'm not a big fan of. But if you match it with the right scheme, it is. That said, yeah, like just when I saw them yesterday, like you said, it was just like like some eight-year-old made jerseys on NCAA like 2024 when it comes <laughs> back out. You know what I mean? Like just, yeah. just a, like, like the black for black sake is like what uh, uni watch Paul's Lucas uni watch calls them or whatever. Like they're just, just, just ugly. Like everything about their set is ugly. It's just what, you know, just, it's so bad. It's just, <laughs> they should just be forced to get rid of the commander's name. And the fact that the NFL didn't tell them, listen, you need to change the colors too, because just changing the name essentially just says, Oh yeah, we took the Redskins name off of everything and put commanders over like you that's all they did and the fact that they didn't yeah. make them change it shows how terrible the commissioner goodell is i, I would have even been okay with if they like incorporated red in the name like there were like red hogs and red wolves that was out there like i would right. love that name that would have been great they think i you could have kept color scheme around i think a little bit that would have been more well, like, reasonable it, like like you look they're playing the capital they should be where red white and blue of some sort that's what all the other three teams in washington do right that's what they the wizards do that's what the nationals do and that's what the uh capitals do right yep yep and fair. that's why it should have been fair better capital. like they, they they go along with all those names they should have been like the sentinels minus the wizards right but like or something like that the name was wrong everything else was wrong like and they should have just gone red, white, and blue in some form of that. But instead, Daniel Snyder's just a scumbag piece of shit that thought he was pulling one over. Like, whatever. The Saints, obviously, I love those, the jersey pant, like that color rush combo that, that, that they have. That all white. Yeah. I still don't know about those helmets. I think it's better uh, with the silver. I think it's better yeah. with the, with the um, gold helmet, their natural gold yeah. helmets. The only other thing I could see is I would like to see them maybe instead of black do a white like the Bengals did. Like I think that could be cool. They did a white with black and with two black and then a silver down the middle stripe with the with the silver fleur de lis, which is what that's called. Yeah. The the, the symbol on there. The, yeah, the 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 fleur de lis. Like I I would like in silver or in the gold with an all white helmet and maybe you do like I guess it's got to be. I guess you could have like a black face mask, maybe. Yeah, no, you could. I was thinking of the like original like Archie Manning years logo, because I think they had wasn't that when they had like the actual dude like holding the shield. You may have to look it up. Um, look that up. Because I think didn't they have once where it said Saints on it yeah, too or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I was thinking of that. But the Saints, they don't generally miss, and I kind of see where they were going with this. And I'd rather experiment with helmets than. Uh, just yeah, I'd rather just see them wear the the black pants again. Than, yeah. than you know what I mean. Like it's just I don't. Yeah. So I, Bengals, I just, Bengals white. Are you are you on board? Oh with that? yeah, I because I, obviously I love I love the Bengals helmet. I think you and I are on board with that. We're two big proponents of the Bengals. Yeah. I love their color rush unis, but I did think it looked a little bit weird with the orange. Um, I'm glad they didn't go black. I'm glad they went with the white because. There's like like the like the Cardinals next week are gonna wear black against the Eagles, and I think it's just gonna look dumb. I'm not really excited for the Eagles black helmet because I think wearing having black with the midnight green, it's too dark. Like I think that we should keep the black helmet next year. Or, or I would think if we made Kelly green our our main color, 
It would have been awesome. And then to keep the black helmet with Kelly Green, I think it would go so much better, right? Obviously, we can't, so the black helmet's going to go, right? But it'll be interesting to see when the Eagles roll that out this year, how it looks. Um, but I'm glad they went white. You know, like Simmons and Cousins Al were bitching about it. I'm like, yeah, that's because you're old guys who just want the same boring old shit. Like, no, I think it looked great. I think it looked clean. It was so beautiful on the field, like everything about it. I loved that. I loved how it looked. I think they did it right. I think the whole uniform went together great. Um, and I think it's definitely one, I think it's definitely a win. And if people don't like it, I think it's just because they just are like, like I think the uni watch guy hated on it. And I'm like, but I think it's because he just hates the Bengals look in general. And it's like, why? I think their helmets are great. I think they're a unique. It's design. an iconic, it's I, an iconic yeah, helmet. I think it's a, such a cool helmet with the stripes and like, you know, it's better than like the, like the Michigan, like whatever that shit's supposed to be with like, how they had that thing going like now Michigan pulls it off, but there's other teams that wear that look. And I'm like, why? Like I'd rather have the tiger stripes. I think it looks way better. Yeah, for sure. Um, All right. It looks like Archie Manning always had from what it's looking like here. It looks like they always had, it was, he he always wore the helmet with the floor, the Lee on it. The only thing that was different is that it looks like their jerseys, their black jerseys were a little bit different. And they at one point they wore black pants with their away uniforms. I guess they have black pants now, don't they? Yeah. 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 Do they still have gold? Yeah, they have gold. They have like maybe gold it's just the, like, maybe it's the black with the white jerseys is what was throwing me off. Maybe. Um, so that does it all for for a little. Oh my god, that was a terrible intro. So that does it for all of us here at the Black and Blue Pod. I'm your host, Matt McLaughlin, alongside Timmy Gorman. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, check us out on socials, and we will catch you all in the next episode.